0: what do humans think of time and space can you tell me a little bit about time and space hey Zoe Fox here from Zoe Fox and the Rocket Clocks I just put out my debut album Clockworks I never really thought I'd be putting it out from my lounge room during a global pandemic and selling it on Bandcamp for the price of a breakfast. But here we are. the time was uh was about not feeling frustrated when something's sort of eating away at your brain and your attention or like you're thinking about someone all the time or an event and you're just like oh I wish this thing would get out of my head because I've got stuff to do as well like I need to use that brain space and power to invent things and work on spells and and <laughs> not just waste my brain thinking about stupid boys The album title came from a Tom Robbins book called Even Cowgirls Get the Blues, which I was reading when I was sort of piecing the last bones of the album together. And he speaks about the clockworks and they're like the clock people that maintain the clockworks and there's a sort of series of caves that go into the middle of the earth and it's the earth's internal clock that's runs by its own rules entirely, which is no rules at all. It's kind of this philosophical conundrum about um. Time and space, and whether or not they exist, and sort of the countdown for mankind, in a way, he sort of speaks of them poinging and dinging and ticking away at any at any time. Sometimes a few seconds apart, sometimes months. But suppose you're one of those persons who feels trapped or. To some degree, trapped, you know, matrimonially, occupationally, educationally, or geographically, or trapped in something larger than all those, trapped in a system, or what you might describe as an increasingly deadening technocracy, or a theatre of paranoia and desperation. Now, if you are one of those people, wouldn't the very knowledge that there are the clockworks ticking away behind the wallpaper of civilisation Unbeknownst to leaders, organisations and managers, the president included, wouldn't that knowledge, suggesting as it does the possibility of unimaginable alternatives, wouldn't that knowledge be a bubble bath for your heart? I've got a real soft spot for albums that have got a narrative flowing throughout them or little interludes, bits of nursery rhymes inside and I've always wanted to create something that has that. So um I put in these earthling interludes, I called them Earthling Interlude 1.0 and 2.0 between between the tracks throughout my album Clockworks and the um the person the earthling who I interviewed doing the interviewed interlude if you will and you will was my granddad. He is the clock master. He's just like a technology whiz, so he was the perfect person to comment on, on those questions, I think, because it sort of, the album speaks a bit about the um, relationship between humans and technology. But he also is just like, he collected clocks for my whole life and his and Nan's house was just completely filled with clocks. It was so magical. I feel like their house, in a way, is the clockworks. Every hour at their house, the whole walls would just go ticking and chiming and dinging and donging and different... Like, the cuckoo clock would go off and the grandfather clock. Um, So he is my grandfather clock, I guess, in a way. Um, And he's, yeah, he's just talking about time and space and what he thinks about... (laughs) If, about self-driving cars and about robots taking over the world. And it's interesting because he's kind of got this really modern relationship with technology, but also he's a, a product of his generation, so I just thought that he'd be the perfect person to ask about all of those things. I I wonder how they're talking about putting factories and things up on Mars and things, but there's no air up there, so how are they going to... You know, how are they going to get an atmosphere to work at all? and It just seems um, just way out. I think the, um, the craziest sort of song Genesis story of all the songs on the album is how Microwave Madness came to be because it is total madness. I was sitting around with some friends outside on... Um, it was the last day of the year... We were all in my backyard with the guitar passing it around. And and my friend, um he's a real kind of cheeky games master. He passed me the guitar and said, Yeah, Zoe, why don't you play that song that you made about um about microwaves? And he just had this little twinkle in his eye and I knew that we like I hadn't written a song about microwaves whatsoever. And I just was like, oh yeah, I think I remember how it goes, and just started freestyling this ridiculous song about, you know, my dinner plate being on rotation and asking for an explanation about the radiation and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, I just totally made up that song on the spot, and and then afterwards sort of went, oh, actually, I think I want to make that a real song. So that was how Microwave <laughs> Madness came to be. fascinated with space and it's always influenced my music since the first time I ever wrote a song um when I was a kid I traveled around Australia with my family in a 1970s Toyota Land Cruiser and um mom used to give me and my sister little tasks and one of them was "Okay, write a song and I wrote this song from the back seat about um wanting to go and play on the Milky Way and just shoot myself up into into the stars and it was this pop song and it wasn't long before I realized I'd just changed the words to (laughs) a Kylie Minogue song and um, just rewritten the lyrics to be about space and it was actually just to the tune of On A Night Like This it was like I look up high, I see a star I wonder if we could travel that far Watch me now or come and play Because I'm going to the Milky Way On the Milky Way Then I was like, oh, hang on a minute I think that might be a Kylie song One of the tracks on side A of the album is called Fins and um that came about really funny actually. I was I was trying out new songwriting techniques and p- this particular day it was okay, let's go into our own rooms and like put a timer on for 3 minutes and write a write a song in 3 minutes and come back and show each other. And I um in in my 3 minutes of mayhem remembered this dream that I had. And this dream was that I was in this strange small town and I found this building and there was only a few people in the town and they had something really weird about them. I wasn't quite sure what it was. Sort of had little beady eyes that would dart about here and there and um, I walked into the room and there was a big hole in the wall and that hole looked through to the other side of the universe. And I just sat there in the dream for ages just staring into this galactic abyss it was so beautiful and just completely mesmerizing and um a few friends came into the dream random friends one of them was um, Tom from Rat Hammock and um he came in and some other people and they started pumping this lotion like a kind of out of a sunscreen bottle and um and rubbing it on their skin and I I was like oh guys what's the deal with all the lotion I didn't see the lotion before and they said oh Zoe like looking at the stars is beautiful but haven't you heard that it's been giving off this radiation that's turning people into sharks and then I was like whoa my god I'm a shark now I can and I realized that because i had been looking at the stars all my life I'd I'd been ex- exposed to this radiation that was turning me into an aquatic hybrid and I'd, I'd started growing a fin out of the middle of my back. And um, and then I ended up walking, uh, throwing my phone out into the, the space hole and climbing in and the bottom of the, the spacey world all of a sudden became this pink and yellow beach with all these jewels and rubies in it. And me and all these other people, all these other stargazers that were now aquatic hybrids, we all just walked out into the sea really slowly among all these glittering, glinting jewels and kind of accepted that we were going to be sharks. For-